Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah. All right, Guru Nation, you already know what time it is. Well, you may not know it. This is not live, so you don't know what time it is. But it's figure of speech because you know who is on right now with me, okay? It's Ashley Margot from, I mean, she's like from all over, but let's just start with like <laughs> Latinas in clinical research. Let's most important start, ones. Most important ones first. Latinas in clinical research, um, CRA Academy internship instructor slash cv prepper slash interview prepper we're gonna get into that crc (laughs) academy as well and then she also works for one of the big CROs. if if that wasn't enough for her to do she works for one of the big CROs. she's a remote site monitor which are amazing actually senior (laughs) my bad (laughs) my bad okay so senior remote site monitor i didn't even know there was such a thing so Maybe we start there. Yeah. Like, there's this, I've been noticing since I started this channel, which is like 12 years now, there is this tendency to overlook all these other jobs mm-hmm. and just think of CRA, CRC, PI. Like, people think that's all there is. Mm-mm. And that's just the beginning. Like, those are the household names because those are probably the most public facing ones. Like patients know coordinators if they do studies, Mm -hmm. patients know PIs, and then basically everybody knows CRAs because it's like brand name for making a lot of money and traveling. And but like there's so many jobs. Like even I don't know them all. Mm -hmm. Ashley doesn't know them all, but she's a RSM and she Mm -hmm. does a lot of coaching, getting people into other kind of roles, not necessarily RSM or remote site monitor. But Mm -hmm. maybe we'll start with that. Like why do people overlook these things? Well, I think. I mean, we can take it back to like instant gratification. Oh, so sorry. Do you hear my dog? <laughs> yeah, it's but like, it's good. Okay. One moment. Let me close the door. 
Um, so instant gratification. So what I mean by that is that when individuals are trying to get a job or look for a job, a lot of the times it's it's eagerness, right? Whether the situation is dire or just because they just want to get out of the job, right? Um, and when all that is perfectly fine and understandable. But the thing is, really, is there's a few things you want to consider. One, you want to consider, are you aligned with that company? Because we all know in research that not every company is always great to work with. The pay might be great, but the workload and the the work-to-home ratio is very, very off, right? And so if you're going to get paid, obviously, you're going to get the heavy work, but you still want to have a life, right? Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is also ensuring that, you know, you know exactly where you're going. Now, when people look into research that are barely new into the industry, they go with the names that you just talked about, right? The titles. The, the problem is, is that there's so many roles out there. There's also a clinical trial coordinator, which CRCs can apply to if they, if they're not, you know, if they feel a little bit self-conscious or, you know, a little bit unconfident about their jump to CRA role. CTC is the same role of a CRC. However, CTC. it's virtual. Hold clinical on. trial coordinator. <laughs> so that's not the same thing as clinical research coordinator. Even I mean, I don't it know is. This stuff. Yeah, it is in in certain sense. Uh, CTCs are used for certain things more specifically, and coordinators depending where you're coming from. Like if you're a general site coordinator, like generalist, you do a lot. Uh, but if you're coming from academy and you only do like CRC data and regulatory, you might be more aligned with the CTC. So again, there's a lot of things to consider. But the point being is that there are so many roles out there, and one of the great things about Latinos in clinical research, which you guys, if you're not already joined, join. We're open to all ethnicities. We're free. It's free content from the heads of big companies. Uh, one person to quote, you know, we had Brenda Medina from Metadata, who's VP. Love her. Okay? Love her. Yeah, amazing. Well, she said, you know, just because you have no experience or direct experience in that field and you feel like you don't meet the entire qualif qualifications of the application doesn't mean you shouldn't apply, even if you've never had that particular title before. It's all in the description of the job. And now something that I like to tell my clients that I have is that understand that the people that are creating the description don't necessarily always put the full details. For example, um, I won't say any names, but I do, I am aware of a company, right, that had put up a job and the description had been placed up. When I asked about this particular job and I reached out to somebody and I asked the details, it almost didn't match the description entirely. I even told the person, the recruiter, like, are y'all crazy? You know, who's you doing guys, this? Like, why are huh? they doing that? It's just lazy. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I mean, I really don't know the processes, so I don't want to say why. Yeah. And that's why I'm not mentioning the, per, the company's name, but right. I spoke to the recruiter and I was just like, why are you doing this? I, one, I was looking at that role and I was just like, wow, that I could probably do that. But then when I got the description in person or verbally, it did not match. And they acknowledged that. They said they understood. And completely across the top of my head. Now, the great thing about that was that because I asked, I got all the details about the job. And I actually knew somebody that fit that role that was looking for work. So I told that person to go that route. And when they looked, they said, well, I don't want to apply to that job. I don't fit that description. Right? And I said, yeah, I know, I know, but that's not what it's about. I just spoke to the recruiter. So again, it, you know, you can't always be fully set in on, okay, if the full description, if I don't fit it, it's not for me. Look, if it's something that you want to do and you know you can do it, you're going to be trainable. They're not going to take you and just put you in the job. Understand you're still going to go through a process. So my thing that I say is that if 
one, go through all the job listings, right? Even if the names don't sound, if they sound too big, like too much responsibility, it doesn't matter. Don't under underestimate your capabilities and what your skill sets are, right? One, two, is that if you don't meet all the qualifications, but you meet a good chunk of them, I say still apply, right? Because statistically speaking, the more that you apply, the higher What's a amount- good chunk? What's a good chunk for you? Uh, what do you mean chunk? Like you said, even if you don't, meet all the qualifications but let's say you meet some of a good chunk of them so so one thing that i see for example um very often is when they say require a bachelor's degree and they won't say specifically oh we're considering you know or equivalent work experience from my understanding the economy right now and the need for people in this industry is so huge and on top of that, some of these companies still don't get a lot of applicants, right? And, and I'm also talking about mid-level companies, not just the big zeros and sponsors, right? So my thing is, if you meet at least three or five years of that experience or a vast amount of that experience, I say still apply even if you don't have a bachelor's. Why? Because you don't know if they have people with bachelors that have no experience. So you're going to be competitive, right? Because we know in the industry right now, just because you don't wait, have your- say that again. We, yeah. That's gold. Yeah. You, Ashley, you're like <laughs> so much like, okay, this is great, but I got to rewind it back. So yeah. what you just said, say it one more time. So if you're applying to a job that only states that they require a bachelor's only, right? And, but you don't have a bachelor's, but you do have three to five years background experience. I'd say, you know, screw them, still apply because <laughs> they don't know what they want, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they don't know what they need. They just need an applicant. So you're going to apply. You may be coming up against other people that have bachelors, but these people may not have three to five years experience, which in this industry, what is gold is the experience or exposure to transfer that skill set, right? So you may not have that direct experience in, let's say, data management, but you have plenty of experience supervising data efficiency, data quality, which clearly you can transition that over. Again, it's do you just, think they do that on purpose? Like the um, no, I just seeker, I don't recruiters? think no, I just think the problem there it's not the recruiters, it's the communicate. I mean, this is again me not knowing how the process goes. I'm being very open about. But that. But you're learning how, every month. You're learning more. You're getting more data. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so what I'm thinking, what I feel the situation is from some of the recruiters that I've spoken to is that obviously the recruiters don't know the job. So they go and they speak with those department heads or the people that are heading that team, et cetera, and what they need. So I feel in between that space, there's a disconnect in the communication of what needs to be had from the personnel as to what's actually placed on paper. And honestly, what I feel that should be a new evolution to this, you know, uh, change in addressing the workforce is also considering the individual's that are coming in. So if you have these companies that are saying, well, we want to be diverse and we understand that these diverse uh, communi uh, communities, right? Not everybody is able or able to afford, you know, to go to school and get a bachelor's, right? But they have this experience and we want to make use of this experience. Great. Well, then let's also bring down the verbiage a little bit because, I mean, I have a bunch of experience and even some of these, these descriptions I read, I'm like, okay, they could have easily just said, need to communicate with team on a weekly basis about reports, but they want to say, uh, need to fundamentally extract reports, da, 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 you know, bigger verbiage. That's nonsense. Why do they it's, do that? It's, it, Did I you don't see know. Brad Hightower's post on LinkedIn? Um, he, he posted an example of one of his job posting, Brad Hightower. I'm going live with him and Dr. Fox, November 1st. Oh, nice. Um, 
Yeah, that dude's awesome. But he posted this like because he's looking for a coordinator. Mm-hmm. But just like me and any other small research site owner, any size research clinic for that matter, we know like coordinator don't fall out of the sky. Yeah. So w- we we look to groom our own, you know. So we basically hire for talent. That's how I have yeah. Desiree and Katie. Like those Guru Nation might know them. Um, they they are not they were not trained coordinators. You know they were raw talent. I found Brad's post was awesome. He put something like a story of him how he started in clinical research from a phlebotomist. So he wrote a story about Good. how he got started, and he said it was really effective. So why don't like because you're giving you're giving people the opportunity to see the potential they have for that role that's the yes that's where it is you're you're taking somebody who's already starting at level one whether it's you know they're coming from another country right and you know concerned that they're not worth it or worth enough or they're going to be valued right where you're having people that are coming out of college that don't know what they're doing that are scared i was one of them but i was also very i would say ballsy i didn't care i applied to like a hundred and some applications i didn't care but you ha- and then you have individuals that are leaving a job that probably mistreated them, undervalued them, underpaid them, and are very nervous because sometimes people verbally get told, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to get paid the same. I-, I know people that were told that. So you're you're taking individuals that are starting from zero, if not five, 10%, that are scared, that are nervous, that don't know where to go and or they want to also know that they're going to be nurtured at that place, right? Because a lot of the situation is they're, leaving from another job that wasn't nurturing them and their growth, right? So if you're doing something like Brad Hightower, where he's telling his story and he's saying how he got there, you're giving somebody the opportunity to say, oh, wow, I could I could actually do that. I didn't know I could do that, right? Again, why we have LICR and mm-hmm. why we have the University of Clinical Research, because we're there to show, teach, and you know, literally bring this these possibilities to fruition to people that had no idea. And so, again, what I always say to, you know, when we interview these individuals from CROs and sponsors, and what I try to say all the time, no matter what chance I get, is that if you are using the same methods, you are not going to make change, right? You cannot stay in the box. You have to get out of the box. And the problem with that is that you are taking individuals that are groomed in this company, in these companies. And so they're doing the same approach that you're grooming them for. So you have to look outside the box, maybe partner with other people and see what can be useful, right? And so, again... It only makes sense. I mean, if we're in a labor short... Okay, so this is a good segue. Are we still in a labor shortage in clinical research? Uh, I think so long as there's growth, yes. I mean, I, 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 I don't... Are you seeing growth at your CRO right now? Oh yeah, October yeah, I can. Yeah, I can tell you since the pandemic, um, probably over two thousand people have been hired. Like it's it's been insane. The growth has been massive, and they're still. Has hiring. the growth slowed down recently? Um, it's October twenty twenty two. For those watching in the future, I don't know. I don't think it's slowed down. I think it's also important that people understand the process of hiring and like you know the subsections of the year, right? So. I always try to tell my clients that if you're going to apply, do your best, especially if you want to negotiate, um, do your best to do it sometime prior to November, because by that time at the end of the year, 
they're already expanding their budget. They've maxed out. So if they're going to all give you an offer letter, you know, they're not really going to be much room for negotiation. However, if you apply in December and you get called in January or February, they're going to be fresh in the budget. So they're going to be willing and open and able to maneuver those negotiations. Should you, your application and also the way that you sell yourself in the interview, right? Should that be worth it to them? Right. Um, mm. But yeah, that's kind of, um, I do think that there's still growth. I, but obviously towards the end of the year, it slows down a little bit. So those of you that are applying and you take a while to hear back, don't get, you know, discouraged. Um, that's just yeah, the they process. Give up so much. Yeah, no, no. Like for me, when I applied, I started, I started in December and I remember I was in Colorado. I'm still in Colorado right now, but I was in Colorado for vacation and I was still applying like crazy the chances that I got. And I didn't start getting calls till the end of January when I actually met you for the first time. Um, and that's when I started getting all these calls. It took about a month. Oh, this was January later. 2020, right before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, right before the pandemic. And then I got the the last official CRO response. I applied to my company in December. I didn't get a response till March. And then pandemic officially hit. And I didn't get the final interview mm. till May. And then I didn't transfer in until June. So it I takes, remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it takes a while. And that's the thing. It's just like um, another thing I tell my clients is if you are going to be doing your best to get into CRO sponsor, if you are in a place where you have to get hired immediately, fine, apply. But know that the process takes a while, especially if you're going for the most common roles, right? So if that is the case, do apply to smaller ones on the side, maintain yourself in the meantime. It's not, it's not going to end all. You're just maintaining yourself financially and getting experience and optimally actually even utilizing the resources that that smaller company is giving you like training and all these sorts of things. So once you do get the actual interview for the CRO sponsor, that naturally is going to have a, a higher starting pay bracket range or whatever, you're going to come in with more experience and more training so now you're going to feel more comfortable in that interview. And then on top of that, you can use that as a negotiating factor to probably even raise your, your pay higher than what you would have initially did if you hadn't had something maintaining you in the meantime. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's about strategy. It's never about, oh, I need to get hired or this or that. You're going to get hired. If you have persistence, you're going to get hired. I've I've worked with people that were dance teachers that got in the industry. OK, like it it happens. You just have to be persistent and you can't, persistent and consistent, right? So, and at that point is how you maneuver from that, right? It's just strategy. I feel like when people start somewhere, they get stuck and they're like, okay, well, I guess, you know, this is my opportunity. Let me just wave it out. It's like, no, you, the world is your oyster. You can do whatever the hell you want, whatever the hell you want to do it. You just have to be the one to see that, right? And to take advantage of that. Um, and and again, with my clients, most of it, honestly, a good chunk of what I'm doing is showing them this aspect while I'm giving them the, the skill set and helping boost the confidence because a lot of it is a confidence issue, you know, coming in and not knowing. So. Okay, so there's two, there's different levels to this. And in the CRA Academy and in the CRC Academy, you host the internship sessions for both. And you're you're seeing in that in that academy, you're already dealing with, like in our CRA academy, you're already dealing with graduates of our course. So they already understand the fundamentals. So you don't have to start like with that because yeah. even before someone contacts you, 
they need to learn the fundamentals first. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, after that, they contact you. You see whether it's somebody who j- is brand new to the industry or whether it's somebody who's been in the industry for years. There's always similar interview kind of questions. And a lot mm-hmm. of them in our industry focus around organization. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about how important it is to have a good strategy for answering these type of questions and any other questions they might ask. Yeah. So there's two types of ways, right? When you say organization, it's like, oh yeah, I'm very organized. You know, I have to make notes. I have a calendar. Yeah, yada, yada. Most people have that, especially if you're an adult. Uh, if you don't, definitely start using a calendar. But um there's that version of organization and then there's the organization in the viewpoint of research, of a monitor, of a CRC or a CTA, right? Because you're going to use organizational tools and you're going to have a certain approach in how you handle the site, how you handle the subjects, how you handle certain scenarios and situations, escalations, et cetera, on a, in a timely manner. And you're going to be able to use and manipulate your, your organizing tools to help not only execute those things on a timely basis, but also to ensure that things are flowing and you as a CRC, CTC or CRA are able to manage your role very efficiently and ultimately leveling you up as as a personnel with the CRO or at the site, right? So that's the difference between organization. I, I think, you know, this is why I have, I personally don't like individuals using YouTube mock trial questions and things like that because one, you... One, we you hate know those the, YouTubers. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, you don't know their background, one. Two, I mean, of course, there's going to be really great responses, but you need somebody that's already in the industry that knows exactly what they're looking for. And also, you need to be able to know somebody that can break down your skill sets, specifically mm-hmm. to your background and how you can maneuver those questions to that answer that also correlates to the role. Right. And, and that's, that's where that's a niche you discovered. Yes. Teaching our interns. Yeah. You said, hey, you know what? I can do this for anybody. It doesn't have to be interns. Our interns get it for free, although you have different packages. Mm-hmm. We can get into some of that. But you've, you you're helping people do this all the time now. Yeah. And it's again, it's just um, we're all thinking a certain way because, again, we're just taught a certain way and things like that. Um, it's about strategy it's the approach and how you're correlating everything right because it's not about okay well yeah I, I was a monitor for this this and this you don't have to be a monitor but you don't have to be a crc in the past it's being able to eloquently and straightforward and very quickly respond to the answer in the most efficient way possible but also making sure that you're getting all your personal and particular skill sets out there that are your strengths and making sure that they see the relevance to the role in that, right? And this is, again, why I don't like the interviews on YouTube and things like that because, um, or just general coaches yeah. that don't have the research background because if that is the case, they're not, they're going to try to give you the the focus on, let's say, oh yeah, you want to make sure that they know that you're, that you're organized and that maybe you like, you have an analytical, you know, view in things because, you know, you need to be analytical. Well, yes, but if that person doesn't have that, they're going to sniff that out in the interview right away. Like it's going to look uh, disgenuous, right? You're not genuine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you want to be your most authentic self in the best way possible because you're telling your story 
And when you're telling your own story and not doing it in a way that is already like mapped out, you're doing it in your own way. It is more fluid. You come off more confident. I mean, there's just so many benefits to that, but you need somebody to sit with you and break it down for you. Right. So that's kind of the importance of doing mock trial interviews Uh, more than one, obviously, but you know, most people just do one. So, but yeah, the best mock interview you can do is apply for a bunch of jobs, go do some real interviews, consider it your mock interview. That way there's no pressure. And then improve every time. Like, you know, that I get asked to make these like mock interviews all the time. We can't do it. We can't do it like generically. Um, those situation, task, action, respond. Yeah, those are those are real, but they're going to ask you that based off of your resume and what they see on there. Yeah, 100%. The only thing that I do think is beneficial about mock interviews with somebody is that you know, if they record it and that you're able to have that recording, you can watch yourself in playback. You start to notice your own flaw sets, right? So as opposed to just getting somebody else's feedback, which usually if you're doing an interview and you ask for feedback, they say, yeah, you did great. Just, you know, work on the interview skills. It's like, okay, but what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only facts that I, I would think about that, especially because most people just want to get through the interviews and get the job right away. So, um, that's why I find those uh, helpful, right? But you need somebody to really break it down and also be able to correlate off of your resume and not just question your questions and your answer responses. Look at your resume and say, why didn't you focus on this one instead, right? Because based off of the company and what they're looking at, this would make more sense, right? Or whatever. So that's that's why it's important, I think, to have somebody that you speak and consult with um, to do that breakdown for you. And that's what the, that's why the AM approach exists. That's why the CRA Academy exists. The Cl- the University of Clinical Research exists. You know, I had a this is anecdotal, but somebody um, that took our course, mm-hmm. CRA Academy, they I won't even say he or she. They got hired by a major CRO, and they just told me the other day, this major CRO has their own training program, mm-hmm. and. It's like like they can't believe that that's their training program after taking something like ours. So it shows you like there's a need for these third party private label training programs like that are actually taught by people who who deal with this stuff on a daily basis, much like the AM approach, which is your your company. You can tailor and and like you said, provide real feedback to interview like how somebody did in an interview because you're not really ever going to get real feedback like in a real interview they're mm-hmm. just going to tell you oh like you said work on your interview skills but they're not i mean has anyone ever told you like what specifically like do they even want to tell you yeah i mean because the thing is i mean they're taking notes but they're not there to really analyze what you could do better they're just there to say okay well she missed this or he missed that and you know what somebody else did this better so they're just marking you right which is fine and understandable because these individuals line managers hiring managers whatever they they're going through multiple people a week and their job right so you know i don't I don't also think it's bad that they don't do that because that's already asking a lot of them unless, you know, they hire the pay or something. But um, this is, again, why if I feel it's a responsibility of the person to be real about, okay, how bad do I want this? Do I want this now or am I willing to wait, right? If you want it now, you need to utilize your resources and get coached. Like you have to be prep, right? Because if not, you're going to get all these interviews and you're going to start, you know, smacking them down, right? Because you're not 
hitting the parts that you want just because you assumed, let's say if you come from the clinical industry, you always do great there. Well, it's not the same industry. It's correlated, but it's not the same industry. They're looking for different things, you know, and, and I know, cause I came 10 years of that and it was very different for me. So, mm. you know, again, every industry is different. Don't assume, you know, everything. I think confidence is always is a great thing, but cockiness in knowing mm. that you'll be okay not so much, right? Uh, I think, especially if you've had two or three interviews and you don't get pushed through, something you're doing is wrong and you need somebody to help you through that unless you're willing to, again, extend it, wait, and hopefully you you mark it right, okay? So yeah. that's, that's kind know, of another where... another thing I noticed with mm-hmm. a lot of people having issues, um, they try to overly impress the interviewer. Yeah. I've noticed this a lot now from people messaging me on LinkedIn, like, and they're telling me they're having problems. So I actually get into like LinkedIn conversations with them mm-hmm. and they are like sending me back like paragraphs of what, what they're doing and why they think no one's, but the more I interact with these people, the more I'm like, the this person is just trying to impress me too much. Like, I think there is, a fine line between confidence and humility. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to articulate better what like this type of personality, but it's there's a lot of them trying yes. to fake in. Again, like I said, it's the eagerness, right? And again, completely valid, right? Especially when you're in a situation where you need a job. Like completely, completely valid. But always remember that regardless of the situation, you need to all you you owe it to yourself to make sure that that company fits you. So when you're in an interview, Yes, let them ask the questions. Yes, be open and all that stuff. But don't be thinking all the time and those things like that because, yes, you're going to stand out, but you're going to be standing out in a certain light. You just want to say thank you when you need to say thank you. Be appreciative, obviously, when you should be appreciative. Answer the questions, all those good things. But at the end, make sure that you're holding them accountable, right? Ask them, like, you know, do you guys do bonuses at the end of the year? Do you? How often do you elevate somebody if they're meeting their markers and merits, right? Um, are you, are you holding up you, the culture of, of your company and, uh, you know, really standing, standing right beside your employees, right? Are, are you doing everything you can to provide the education if needed? Should you not even be in the role and you just want to learn, right? Those are the things I asked. I was very, very clear, uh, with the company I'm at now. I, I, one of the things that I, I mentioned at the end was, um, I'm very huge in conferences. I'm very huge in education. Um, the problem with my last company that I had was that there wasn't room for growth. I'm very much, I like to learn and I like to get ahead much quicker than most people. And because I'm like that, it's important that I have some a company that is very organized and that can give me the opportunity that I can take on my own. Right. And they said, well, yeah, we have all these academies. And so I went deep into letting them know what it is that I needed. Right. And um, it's not you saying, well, you're not enough or whatever. You're just being open about your needs to make sure that you, you know, meet back and forth. It's like dating, you know, you just, you're openly, you're being open about where you're at. They're being open about where they're at. And you're only going to get so far if you're just clear, not being say, oh yeah, whatever you need and I'll do whatever you want. And, you know, uh, how about 50,000, uh, 50,000 a year for, an RSM role or CRA one role and like, Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll do whatever. It's like, no, that's, that's low pay. You're getting lowballed. Mm. You know, you're getting underappreciated, you know, you'll get a better opportunity somewhere else. Kind of a thing. Hold your ground. Uh, don't be over, over bending or however you want to say it. 
All right, two more topics yep. before we end this interview because these could be like five hours. Um, well, my caffeine right now. <laughs> yeah, though, that's good. I had mine in the morning. <laughs> uh, okay, first one. Advice to people for how to even start searching for jobs because that's a question I get a lot. Like, how do I know what to search for or where to go? So first off, you never want to run before, like, you never want to run before you can walk or crawl, however they say it, right? Um, make sure you have the foundation set. You have your resume good, right? Whether you can reserve services or not for that, that's fine, you know, but just make sure you're, you're doing your research online. There's uh, plenty of templates out there for you. Get your resume in and good. Make sure you have a LinkedIn profile because, you know, I'm not one that likes LinkedIn, to be quite honest. I'm on it because uh, mm -hmm. I have to be with everything we're doing. but. LinkedIn is the key now, right? Recruiters are on there all the time vetting people. So if you really want to jumpstart, get a LinkedIn profile. That's for all you TikTokers it. out there saying yeah. you want to get a job in the industry and don't have a LinkedIn. Yeah, you need you need a LinkedIn. You you need one, uh, especially like the professional setting CRO sponsor. No matter how much they're trying to innovate and get in the in, they're very much still LinkedIn. So, um, so LinkedIn's one. Once you have those set, and there's a way to do it. So if you know, reach out to me for those services. Happy to do it. If not, go on YouTube and try to find that out. Um, have a LinkedIn set. Once that is done, be aware of what it is that you want, right? Um, do you feel if you're not going to get coaching services and, and you need the help and you don't feel confident to go CRO sponsor level, fine. Then you want site level. How far do you want to, how far do you want to travel out? Or are you willing to travel out? Get that circumference, right? So if you're at a site level, more than likely LinkedIn won't be as helpful when it comes to recruitment, right? This might have to do more of cold calling and actually Googling, you know, the mileage as to how far you're willing to go out. So say somebody's in California, they only want to be able to travel out maybe max 10 miles. So Google clinical research sites, 10 miles from me, you'll have a list, start cold calling, go from there. Uh, obviously, if that is not the case and, and nobody's hiring, well, then you have to reassess your situation. Right. And maybe you're going to have to consider a university nearby, a medical institution, et cetera, um, listing everybody that's in your sphere. Now, if you're open to remote, obviously, then coming down and looking and researching all the companies that, that you are open to uh, reaching out to. So most people for clinical research, they stick to the CROs. Right. Which is, um, you know, PPD with Thermo Fisher. You have Ikevia, right? Or not Ikevia. Um, Ike. I, Ikevia, right. yeah. Okay, yeah, I, Ikevia. It used to uh, be called the Quintels. Quintels, okay. And then I think there's two two or three more, um, but there's more out there than that, right? You you can go into sponsor level that have the lower the lower end uh, positions. So just because you're at sponsor doesn't mean it's too big for you. Like they have lower end positions too that start. So you can start from there as well. Uh, I mean, there's just, again, having your foundation knowing where you want to go and then jotting it from there i think people just go on google and search immediately and that works but well the problem with most of these people is they see a video or they see a tiktok like cra mm -hmm. and then they'll go look for cra jobs and they think that's all there is so no, 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 that's no. the There's, problem you got to educate yeah. first guys. yeah educate. yeah go go to dan's videos find out the roles that are out there and then uh, if you really want to see your capability, um, choose, let's say, uh, PPD with Thermo Fisher. Go through their open jobs. Look at the different level, the different jobs that are out there outside of those roles. Get to know the names. 
Uh, what I recommend sometimes is as you are applying to these jobs and get going through them, write down all the titles you're coming across that you fit for, right? So every time you get to a new company, you can search those titles as well, right? And if they have them, boom, you have more, more opportunity there. But again, everybody has different titles. I know that at some medical institutions, um, I've seen before that they post for a CRC position. When you read it, it's very much a CRA role. It's an in-house CRA role, right? right? So, you know, again, it's just... And every company is different. Every, every company, company different. has like a title. So like you, the one you brought up, clinical trial coordinator. Okay. I've seen that before. You were saying that's like a remote CRC. I've seen that title before be a research assistant for a CRO. I've seen that title be a site startup specialist for a pharma. Mm-hmm. Like they just interchange these words. And so it doesn't matter what the title is. It's just the look job. at it, take the opportunity, make the jump. Even like I said, even if you don't meet 20% of that job description, but you meet 80%, just apply. What's the worst thing you're going to do? flip you, it. Yeah, meet just get it. 20% of it, apply. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. And then <laughs> who cares what, what's going to happen? You're going to get rejected. You're, you coming in the, this industry, whether you're out of it and or in it, you're still going to get rejected. I've had clients that have been CRCs for 15 years get rejected, okay? It's not because you don't, you know, always is not to meet the qualifications. Sometimes you're just going up against other people that are slightly more qualified. Doesn't mean you're not a competitive applicant, right? So again, just so many scenarios and situations, people naturally just kind of cut themselves down right away to avoid the rejection part. But hey, you know what? It's going to happen. You can't avoid it. So just put yourself in the line of fire, get burned real quick, and then that's it. You know, one and done. You <laughs> know, just burned. <laughs> real uh, quick. I mean, I like you know that. how you know how many times I got rejected? I think I there was one job before I got the position I have hold well, with the company I have because I'm, I'm not in the same position anymore. But when I started, but there was a company in Austin, Texas that I was extremely excited for. It was it was going to be a major role, and they were willing to give me that opportunity. Um, this is the one that I told you where I went. I, I did serious research. I even went into Nasdaq to understand the technical oh, aspect. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember. I blew them away in the interview. I was positive I had it down. And then, poof, like I didn't even hear back. What, you didn't, didn't even hear back? No, no, no. They probably went out of business. No, are they still no, around? No, no, no. They're still there. They're still there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're still there. Maybe um, the project they were going to put you on got canceled or something. No, no, no. It, it still went. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just well, trying actually, to make you feel better. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, what happened was the person that was going to hire me was the CEO. It was huge. She's from New York and she was a geneticist. The thing is, she, uh, the person in between, gave me the wrong time frame. She said, I confirmed with her that it was central time. She said, mm. yes. Well, the geneticist said it was supposed to be Eastern. So I obviously didn't show up right I didn't show up and um on the time that she was there and so I ended up getting the person in the middle and she's like oh we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out and I guess the dentist got really upset that I didn't show so yeah, she didn't so give was me... like screw this you know? yeah but that but it wasn't my fault you know what uh-huh. I mean so obviously I got really you know wow. butt hurt with that one because I wanted it so bad they missed out but... on a good one yeah, they well, they followed they followed me on LinkedIn, so I'm sure they. <laughs> and they're trying they to get you back now, but it's the triple. And and yeah. you know what? Being at a big CRO, 
is probably teaching you a lot more than oh yeah what you I, I love there. I love the company I work for I don't ever see myself leaving unless you know personal passion project really throws off the ground um, but for the most mm. part there's just so much room and opportunity to grow so no um, strategy right always having the strategy regardless of the pay always being sure about where you want to go right so yeah um last thing i wanted to ask you was mm. well there's so many more things but we have to yeah. this is why we keep having you back on this is why we <laughs> have you teach the interns in the Syria academy crc academy and you do it separately on your am approach and by the way we got to okay look do you guys see Ashley's background. You see this Latinos and clinker research behind her drinking coffee. Right here, right here. You oh, you this? can't see my finger. Okay. Yeah, it's right, it's right there. there. <laughs> Latinos and research. This is free networking, guys, for anybody. You don't need to be Latino. I'm not Latino. I look it, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm in it. Like Chris is in it. He's white as you can be. There's we have people from all parts of the world. Yeah, joining us. This is free networking. Ashley's one of the co-founders. We have guests every month on Zooms. It's all free. Open for questions. Open for hiring. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything. Everything. I just want to give that plug in there. Okay. You yeah. go back to drink your coffee. My next question was this, yeah. Ashley. I just wanted to show that picture behind you. Yeah. My last one before we get you on again. Mm -hmm. the, I interviewed a senior CRA a couple months ago. She said she's fed up with the industry. She said one of the unintended consequences of being so busy and being understaffed is the CROs and sponsors are extending. They're delaying their promises to their senior series because it's tough to be a senior series. It's tough to be a CRA period. So, they're saying, hey, you know what? I know we told you you'd get that promotion, but you know we're just so short-staffed, and we got this new project. Can you just do one more study, like, and then? Wow. But this this has been going on since the pandemic, mm -hmm. so it's not just this person I interviewed, and she was public about it too. She's, yeah, it's many. I'm hearing the same did thing. She like, say, did she say? Did she say which company she was at? I don't no. want to say the wrong one because in my okay. head, they're all similar. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. It was a big CRO. Yeah. I, it could be one of the big four. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're they're being promised lead CRA, CTM, whatever. And then they're just like, hey, just one more, you know. And this is leading to turnover in the industry. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that, those kind of people reaching out to you. But. What do you th what do you say to that person who's in that situation? They're like, you know what, I don't want to wait like one more year, and they're gonna move now. They they you know they're mm -hmm. gonna go interview. So now, like they want to talk to Ashley about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, so like like what? I guess get my advice. What's their on advice? What to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like strategy, right? So it's being clear in advance. So for me personally, um, and I've been like this everywhere I work, if I already feel in a place where I'm in, I'm not being appreciated with my work, I'm not content, et cetera, and I've already actively approached 
my management team about it, right? And I've listed out all the things that I've done. And and also, again, being real with yourself, how valuable valuable are you, right? So not, I don't know the senior series, so this is not directly to her or anything, but just in general. So it's one thing to be a senior role because you're very, very good. And it's another thing to be a senior role that you've just kind of like leveled into over the years, right? You can still be good, but not great, right? So I feel like sometimes some companies, um, you know, at least where I'm at, because I've I'm working with senior series and I've seen them leveled up very fast. Um, so I don't know if that was I don't think it was my the company I'm at, but um, I've seen seen it to where you know they're trying to value you, right? Especially if you're very very good, they don't want to lose you. They're very well aware of what's happening out there. Like people are trying to vet other people from other companies and bring them on board. So. What I would just suggest is if you've already approached that that management team about that and they're not weighing in your favor, right? And you're already giving them like, hey, like I'm not happy. Don't say, well, I'm going to go somewhere else. Don't do that because you're already setting yourself up, right? Um, you go apply, be applying, but apply all these other companies, especially right now in the in the in this econ- economy. Like, it's hard for those that have no background experience. There's a lot of competition there. But when you're in senior level, whether you're RSM senior or CRA, you're going to get called very, very quickly, right? That's just a given. So apply, see what's out there. Be very clear again with what you want, what your expectations are from that company, um, what your expectations are in general for your study, your situation where you're previously working at and being clear why you want to transition out. Right. And if they're giving you that opportunity and they're pretty much coming to you and saying, well, this is how we'll set you up. If they really want you. Then you have you obviously have two options. You have one where you can take that offer letter, go back to your management, and say, hey, this is what I have um, and give them the opportunity to kind of work with you. But for me. A red sign is. When a, when you're already coming to your management team and they're kind of shooing you off like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it later. You know, for me, that's already neglect. That's what I feel. You know, management has and they should be trained to kind of notice already when an employee is not feeling valued and they should. It's I feel like it's their job, um, especially my manager. My manager is amazing. Um, he's always making sure that uh, I know that, you know, he has my back and he's going to elevate me if I need it. Right. I think we can get him on the show. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can, I can definitely ask him. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, can, yeah, I can ask him, Thank you. but he's, he's an amazing manager. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for him. And, um, because of that though, it's just like, if you don't have a manager like that, there's, there's some level there that is just, you know, missing. So for me personally, if I was in that situation, if I came across another company that was pretty much saying, well, we'll do this for you, we'll do that for you, blah, 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 blah you know, cause you're already being clear up front. I would take it because what's going to happen is if that is just going to be something to band-aid over an issue, right? If you stay with your next company, they're going to move you up like you want. What's going to happen the next time you're unhappy, right? Well, how are they going to handle it? You're going to have to go and do more work to prove yourself and your worthiness yeah. to move. Like it's not, it doesn't make any sense. If you're a senior and you've been there and you've done the work and they need you, they should know better and they should be there for you right this is what and I'm saying. they are Company getting culture. better for the most part they are getting better out of yeah. necessity mm-hmm. but there are there's always you know some that little are, in between mm-hmm. maybe drop yeah. it some are dropping the ball even in the good companies yeah i know i mean yeah because there's this a lot happening a lot of work going around and mm. for sure but again uh strategy you need to be clear about what you want and 
and know your your like your hard limits. Like I I know mine, right? So and then network. You never know. Show up on a Latinos in Kalanka research uh, live meeting on mm-hmm. Zoom. You can only get that if you subscribe to our newsletter, Latinos in Kalanka research dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and other places like on live streams where I'm at, I'm live streaming on LinkedIn, Brad. Uh, there's people in the comments that are commenting that are in charge of hiring. Yeah, you know, is that, and then also <laughs> know that LICR is currently working uh, with CROs and sponsors at the moment to facilitate, you know, applications. So become a member, right? Join us on LinkedIn and go to the website, actually subscribe. Um, and, you know, should we have any openings come up that we'll be posting, process through us and we'll fast track you into the company, right? So. Mm-hmm. Not as far as getting hired, right, but uh, sending your application in. So, you know, again, there's a, a huge, huge importance on networking, but even more so affiliating yourself with organizations out there, um, especially the ones that, you know, really, I mean, I, I'm i huge on if you're not going to charge your members, right, I think that that, that organization has a lot um, to give, you know what I mean, because they're they're there solely to provide to you, right? I say that says a lot about the foundation of the organization and the purpose, right? Um, so come on in, we're free and we're happy to, you know, do what we can to get you started. And yeah. Thank you, Ashley. Look, everybody go connect with Ashley right now. Her link is underneath the show notes. Links to all of our stuff are in under the video as well and in the show notes, including Latinos Collective Research com so thank you ashley we gotta have you on again and keep yeah. keep our fingers on the pulse of the clinical research industry job market uh it's very important for all levels of experience in this industry so thank sure. you very much you're very welcome bye, like subscribe comment share bye bye